Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Fight Day Fanboy. If you enjoy the show, do us a favour, like, subscribe, do whatever you can to help us dominate these algorithms, alright? Alright, thanks guys, enjoy the show. Fight Day Fanboy, episode 5. Look, I don't even want to give you a massive intro here. I just want you to get into it, please. Peter Walsh, tell me how Chaos Williams pissed away all your money on the weekend. Just give me the whole story. Fuck <laughs> the whole story. Give me the whole story and I'll do the Chaos Williams face where I'm like... <laughs> well, if you want to know the truth about the whole story is I knew nothing about either fighter. I just quickly did a sure dog look up and I was like, this guy's... <laughs> this guy's... This Abdul guy is a fucking killer and he was a strong He's- favourite when we saw him in the training room, that's when you boys put your money on as well. You're like, yeah. this guy's just going to murder him. We were just taking the whole fight off face value, really, weren't we? We were, but we, I, I'd we seen had, a little bit of him and I thought he was, Abdul looked like he was probably going to be clearer. Like, I don't know, it just seemed... All I knew <laughs> about Abdul is I'd, I'd seen him fight Nico Price and knock Nico Price out in, 30, in what, 60 seconds or something. And yeah. I was like, yeah, no one knocks out Nico Price like that. You know, this guy's dangerous. This guy's just savage. And it's more than likely, just looking at the odds, it's more than likely just going to go in his way favorably very quick. And then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) It was this face, man. It was this one. (laughs) I saw that and I was like, oh, my God, he's going to die. He's frozen in fear. But then he turns out he was just manifesting that fucking <laughs> right through the dude that was right through the middle that was one of those insane things i've ever seen usually you see like a a clear opening to a knockout path but it just went straight yeah. through yeah, yeah everything like, beautiful Kill, um, absolutely killed him yeah no the, the thing is with the promo is the reason why i was looking at doors i saw um like i'd seen like a lot more of him and then when it all came time they had a promo and it was Abdul knocking some guy out and doing a, a mad backflip after he finished the fight, and then <laughs> and then fucking the next the next one was chaos and he was knocking him out and he did like a shit backflip. So I, ju- I basically judged them on the backflips. That's what I did. I judged them on the backflips and I, I got it wrong. So I judged, yeah, I judged my face value and I saw Abdul hitting pads and he was hitting pads better than chaos in the back room. Oh. I was like, yeah, and he looked bigger. Yeah, I know. He just looked better. He just looked better in a lot of ways. How, how did fucking yeah. Dana White look though after that? Dana White was super impressed. He was fucking, yeah. he was like they get, superstars here. They, yeah, well, that's it. That, another another star just on the scene that we all have to watch out for now. It's a good name as well, man. Yeah, I mean, chaos. You have, yeah. You have one guy whose name you can't pronounce for American viewers, which shouldn't make that much of a difference. But, you know, obviously it shouldn't. But I'm just saying that like fucking... Chaos Williams is super marketable. Super Are they, um, marketable. Yeah, well, look at Chaos Covington. Chaos Covington. <laughs> Chaos, Chaos, Chaos Williams versus Chaos, Chaos Covington. Covington. Fuck. I couldn't even imagine. Go, go a bit of shoot for that takedown quick, bro. Fucking hell. It was, it was a welterweight fight, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Because Colby, Colby will never go down in our lifetime, guaranteed. No, no, no. no. Whether he, he goes up. 
But those boys looked fucking huge, man. They looked ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't. When I saw them in the back room, I was like, wait, is this welterweight? And I think you questioned it as well. And I was like, yeah, they I look like middleweight. middleweight or even light heavyweight. He was huge. He was fucking huge, man. Anyway, we'll leave, yeah. like, leave on to that. I'll go on to the main event. Um, so obviously, had, we had our boy, Paulie Redstash. Um, <laughs> the Irish hero. dragon. Absolute hero. Um, taking on Rafael Dos Santos. And that actual fight itself was one of those ones that obviously materialized on like five, you know, even five to four, four days notice or something like that. And it was very hard to pick who would, you know, um, who would be favored in that fight because it's that age old thing, you know, that, that, that meme that's going around with like motivated McGregor or motivated Miocic or motivated anything's motivated Dos Angeles. It was whether motivated Dos Angeles was going to show up or he wasn't. And he did. And Paulie Redstash got a, was in for a, a, long a horrible run. hiding. Imagine signing up for that man. It's nuts. Yeah. Look, hats off to Rafael. He's a fucking stud. When he shows up, he fucking shows up. You know, he's he's he was the former champion, and he is for a reason. You know, and he's still he's still that caliber. He's still fighting at that caliber. It's, Felder's no pushover. Felder's Felder's a just Felder's just a warrior. He's just a fucking beast. I just I have nothing but respect for what that guy does in the sport, outside the sport, everything in his life. He just stands for such good morals. And he's just a good cunt. I wish I wish he had got the W, but you know, fucking Rafael's a stud. But nevertheless, we knew it was gonna be a good fight and it was a good fight, you know. Yeah, well Rafael literally went from fighting it was pretty good for him because he went from fighting a hard rank number twelve to like a hard rank number fucking what, six, five in Felder? Yeah, Yeah, so it's like Rafael got a lot. He got a, a pretty much a gift given to him in that fight when you think about it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I don't even think he goes back and fights. Mark. Can they make Markachev versus Dos Angeles again? Like, there's no way. Mm. I don't think there's any yeah. reason why. There's no reason for Dos Angeles to actually go back and fight him anymore. I never thought of that because that was the original fight, yeah. I just I completely think. forgot about everything when that, that new fight was rescheduled. Everyone just became so excited for that fight, but the original fight, and yeah, they might not fight now. No, I don't think they will at all. That's crazy to think about. I think Markachev's going to have to fucking find someone else. They're going to have to make someone else up for Markachev, and it just depends. He originally, I I believe he originally had a fight with Kevin Lee, or Kevin Lee was calling him out. Yeah, well, no, Kevin Lee tried to dodge that fight, I think, from what I understand. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 and it didn't even okay. up, it didn't end up really materializing properly. Like it's just, I think it was one of those ones where people like both of them were a bit uh, about the fight. It was rough. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Like there's there's people like that, and then there's people like Paul Felder who are just he secured his legend status. Yeah, he did. Hundred percent. And he didn't lose any stock at all. And one. Yeah. And, in one judge's mind, he won the fight, and that I know, means to I know. check himself into a cycle. <laughs> the fucking. <laughs> I'm not discred. I'm not discrediting Fel- Felder's performance either. Like Felder had an unreal performance, and he, you know, he he won rounds. I reckon he won, you know, the third round. Oh, maybe uh, maybe four one. I think I scored it, but a split decision. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That I was just fucking whack. One. 
Everyone, did you see? Did you see? To. Did you see Felder's face when uh, Bruce Buffer called it? He's like the first judge scores <laughs> it. I think it was thirty twenties. No, it was twenty nine twenty eight. Felder, Felder's like, yeah, yeah, yeah forty eight. Yeah. yeah, and Felder's like. I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I've actually fucking won this thing. But you have um, to go back and rewatch his face. You know, he just—he knew he was gonna lose, but he just had that like, like that oh, judge is on crack. Like he knew he, he knew he lost. He would have been so nice yeah. about it if he lost. If he won, if he actually won that fight, if, if like he probably lost. would have been the kind of yeah. yeah, he probably would have been the kind of guy like Anthony Pettis versus Cowboy. He's like, Cowboy won that fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have done exactly that. But this dude is fucking incredible. Do you know you know this guy, right? So now that he took the fight, um, he was he usually does the Tuesday slots for contender series, so he actually commentates the contender series. Um, but then Dana's like, Yeah, no worries, we'll reschedule some talent for it. But then Paul Felder's like, No, nah, I'm already here, I'll do it. So Paul Felder's commentating Tuesday. Wow. <laughs> have you seen have you seen his face? Yeah, I know, it's gonna be fucking free. <laughs> he posted he posted um he posted a video only today and he's like he's I think he was talking about doing the commentary and he's like he's putting a close up of his face and he's his eyes all busted up, he's all fucked up, like he's got a swollen lip and he's like nothing a bit of makeup can't fix. <laughs> <laughs> now now I understand why he was saying that. It's just like that's the thing is like as soon as people see him with a bit of a fucked up face, they're gonna be like, "What a beast, man!" You know what I mean? What to any to any to style. any new viewers who are just tuning in and getting into the sport, they're just gonna be be looking at his face and just going, "Fuck, this is a rough gig." Yeah, I know. I know. It's rough. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like everything the fight is commentary. <laughs> Actually, another thing after that fight um, as well uh, was that there was a bit of like talks materializing for Connor and Dos Anjos um, after the Poirier fight. Uh, <laughs> do you reckon that'll do you reckon that'll ever happen? Probably think, not. I mean, I don't think Connor's interested to be honest. But I think personally, it's a it's a great fight. I remember hearing Bisping going, you know, that that's one of the best fights that you could make, and. You know, like I said before, Rafael was a fucking stud. It, it, mm. It's not going to be an easy night out for Connor. No, I don't think. I don't think. But I just, don't, I don't know. Connor's funny. I just don't think. Connor's, you know, he's one minute he's UFC, one minute he's chasing Manny Pacquiao. You know, then he's back in there. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't I know. Think, I think Dos Anjos has got this. Um... Well, I think I think Los Angeles is there's a lot of content for Conor McGregor to use in the build up to Los Angeles, and I think Conor McGregor feels like he mentally defeated him because Los Angeles pulled out with an injury. You know, Conor's yeah. gonna think that in his mind, and you know who knows if that's true or not. Conor's pretty, you know, he's got a, definitely got a different perspective than a lot of people. There's something that's that's quite entertaining and almost comic, comical, like with Conor and Brazilians. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So like, <laughs> you just know, you just know it's gonna be a bunch of fun. It's because Chael set the bar high. Yeah, Chael set the bar high. Can, everyone fucking knows that Brazilians take this shit super seriously, so they just fucking. I mean, 
yeah, I think yeah. if I think if we lived in a world where we can get past COVID and we can have proper press conferences and and proper crowds and a build up, that fight totally makes sense. I think the the, the business standpoint, the USC would eat that up because there's so much to promote on, and you know, Con, you know, Connor's going to make it fun. You know, Connor's going to fucking. You know, Connor's going to pull him apart. He's just going to pick up where he left <laughs> off. He yeah, was yeah fucking, him, he, was, he was already fucking tearing him to shreds in the shit talk, you know? And call him a flat-footed baby Brazilian wrestler. But I was, just fucking... <laughs> I always, in my mind, thought after he beat, after Diaz, um, after what happened with Diaz, you know, because Diaz stepped in for that fight, I always thought, you know, Los Angeles might have done had a pretty good job with that Connor that day, but you just you just can't pick it, really. You can't pick it. Yeah. It, just, it just depends. Like, you have to... I will have to see that fight to see what actually would happen. And I think Josh Anjos is, maybe he's back into his prime. Maybe he's past his prime. Who really knows? I can't really say anything. You know what I mean? I have to say, I have to see more. I have to see That's more it. fucking performances, more steamrolls. I think if, if, if that, if that, you know, fight with Markachev does come back into circulation, that does happen and he beats Markachev, well then certainly I think Connor would be maybe interested. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Markachev, I don't know. Markachev I just think top of lightweight as well would be interesting, just in terms of like him being Khabib's brother and everything, and that build up to, you know, what's going on with you know what well, happened with Khabib and Connor. If they can't make it. Khabib Connor too, which who the fuck knows what's happening at this point? Then that's what, it's the next best. Good. It's it's almost like redemption for Connor or revenge for Connor. Yeah, you know, if Connor sleeps him and he's like, I slept your boy and you didn't even come back and defend his honor. (laughs) (laughs) But fucking Ali posted the other day, Ali Abdulaziz posted 30 and 0 on Twitter. Really? So so they've definitely got a plan. I heard this too. He's definitely in talks because he actually had a meeting with Dana White and. Um, while he did promise his mother or whatever, there's definitely a chance that he's fucking coming back, and it seems like he is. He hasn't pulled himself out of the testing or anything like that. There's other things going on. There's still he's still lightweight champion. He's still there, so there's still something they're working out. And if there's anything, there's one thing about Dana White is Dana White's the best negotiator in the world. Dana White can yeah. kick you and oh, take yeah. your number three ranking off while you've been complaining about it for years, and then put you back up, and then you're fighting fucking Shemayev. That's what Dana White. Yeah, is. yeah. Yeah, 100%. I did see a video trending the other day. I did see a video trending. of, I think it was on the Ariel Hawani show. And it was something about Ariel saying that Khabib's not retiring. I never watched the video, but I know that there was speculation that it was, you know, he was going to come back for one more. I just think if that one more does happen, it's probably looking at GSP. Yeah, but then again, GSP's so wishy-washy, man. Who the fuck knows at this point? Yeah, yeah. And then I think, yeah. I think Michael Chandler said the other day, he was like, fucking, he's like, yeah, just bring Khabib back so he can be 29 and Chandler. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> this guy is such a tool. He's actually, dude, like Michael Chandler, in my opinion, has just, I, I don't know, he's got some sort of, uh, it's like he's already, he already feels entitled to this title shot already because he didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. It's very weird. Like he actually turned down filling the Tony fight in. Um, for two five five, apparently there were talks for that. He didn't do that, and then he um, 
obviously with the Dos Anjos thing, he just ignored that call out as well. But it seems like he's got some some real big plans or whatever. He's holding off for something, but I don't know what. Yeah, maybe, right. they're, maybe they're waiting to have a bit more time to make see if fucking Chandler and Tony can happen, or, or I, yeah. I, I don't know. But um, Michael Chandler's another one which could potentially be Khabib's thirtieth opponent. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Dana White ever wants to make Khabib versus Tony again, which you know, sad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's sad, but like I just don't think he trusts. Like we it. said, that's the fight. That's the fight that we all want to see. I know. That's the fight that you and me want to see. It's the fight that most people listening want to see. Um, realistically, I, th- I personally would predict if I was to put a bet on it, I'd put it that it would be GSP over Chandler and Ferguson and Connor. Yeah, I think but- that's what Khabib. That's what Khabib wants, and really. I think it's it could be one of his the easier fights really because GSP has been out for so long. Who knows? But I think that's just what really would secure the legacy for Khabib. You know what Khabib should do? He should bargain with Dana White to fight Markachev for the title and then take a fucking dive. That's how you support your boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. how you support your boys. See, that's that's the golden plan. You want to keep it in the family. You fucking go against Markachev, and then you take a dive and let him knock you out. Yeah, yeah. and then let him reign superior. Yeah, is <laughs> uh, what it Boy, is. Good grace, <laughs> but from a real, person, real obvious dive. <laughs> a real obvious one. Bad. Yeah, but, <laughs> 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 from one goat to another, um, fucking John Jones has making headlines again. Is, making headlines again, saying talking about his goat status and everything else. Um, it actually started this time. It started with fucking DC was actually doing an interview, and he said John Jones can't be the goat because the failed drug test should eliminate him from the conversation of being the greatest of all time. Right. DC said that. Yeah. DC said that. And there's, there's a lot of weight to that. There's a lot of that that makes sense. But then John Jones came back and hit DC with just some real fucking horrible shit. (laughs) Yeah. Do tell. I haven't, I haven't (laughs) heard this. (laughs) DC obviously said that, and there's obviously a legion of followers that agreed with him, and then all the fuck John Jones crew. Like, I was there, I was retweeting Daniel's tweet, and I'm like, yeah, you're right, he's a piece of shit, he fails drug tests, he's a gronk, yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to get Twitter. No, but I, need to get on there and ha- I need to get on there and have a go. Dude, Twitter's Sounds like a lot of fan. fun. Twitter's like Facebook. If Facebook's but they're all using it. Facebook's like where old people fight. Twitter's like where fucking old people fight like kids. Yeah. That's what it's like. It's literally, it's, uh, it's fucking terrible. Anyway, John They're Jones all using it back, though. And he yeah. said, he said, with the USADA testing program, you're, pr- you're guilty until proven innocent unless you are the GOAT. See, when you're the GOAT and you've been winning for this damn long, you remain guilty because it helps people sleep at night. DC lost yeah. his last fight and then quit the sport. Laughing face emoji, laughing face emoji, laughing face emoji. <laughs> wow. 
wow. <laughs> what a fucking dick. But he's oh, he is. But he is, but it's a pretty good call. It's a good call, yeah, because it actually puts doubt in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. Obviously, this guy's, if this guy's undefeated, or he is undefeated, yeah, fucking DQ to Matt Hamill or whatever the fuck, but he's, a, he's undefeated. And when he says something like that, it's like, fuck, you're kind of right. That's, we kind of want a reason to not call him the greatest of all time. Yeah. A lot of people don't, a lot of people that don't like him just want a reason to call That's, him the greatest of all time. Let's be honest, John Jones is not the smartest guy, the way, you know, he does a lot of stupid things and stuff like that, but sometimes he unintentionally does things that are really smart, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. I like him. I, like I think him he's a dick. I think he's a dick, but it gets me interested. I like him in the octagon. I just think he's he's gone past the point of like promotional free cards when when he when he attacks like Khabib straight after the fight or like he'll yeah yeah go on rants and tirades like it just. It's like, man, how much do I have to stick well, up that's, for you? That's, that's what this came from, man. I used to stick up and defend him a lot. And then just, well, that's, that's what happened, right? Khabib won. Khabib retired right there in the octagon. Somewhere between that time, Khabib retiring and the post-fight press conference, which is what, half an hour? John Jones put up on his Instagram. And this was after, you know, Khabib's just, you know, fucking the loss of my father and blah, blah, quite a sad time and, and quite a heroic retirement and all that sort of stuff. In between that, John Jones has put up on his Instagram. It must've been in that half an hour frame and, and gone, you know, that whole, that whole Instagram story. If you go back and watch it, but it's, it's him going, your guys three and my 14. And he's like, come on guys. I love you guys. But come on. He's like, who's, who's the best of all time? He's put out that video, which I like the video. I thought it was pretty cool, but the timing was completely fucking sour. And then somehow between that and the post-fight press conference, the media got a hold of it and they're asking Dana White about it. Dana White must've heard something about it because Dana White's like, Oh, I've been telling you guys, you know, he's the greatest of all time. I think it's just based on that of his resume, but Dana White agreed. Well, I still think I still think right now, standing, he's the goat. Just per se, you're a promoter, right? And I don't know how long. And I what I noticed about Dana White is if he hasn't prepared something to say about it or an angle to go with it, he doesn't <laughs> say it. He tries to avoid. He always, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I think he's always good at handling it. He's like I next think question. If he knows if he knows twenty nine and zero, and he knows that Khabib wants to do the thirty and zero, then. By him saying, I've been telling you this for a long time, John Jones is the greatest of all time. He sort of... That's promotion. He's sort of egging Khabib to yeah, 100%, have another so fight for the greatest of all time. But then he's also, um, if Khabib is done, he's also promoting his next golden pony. You know what I mean? So yeah. like it's like he's doing the right thing in both regards. So obviously he's, yeah. <laughs> he's had at least Never. a brief discussion about it. Never thought of it that way, but that's very clever, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the way the fucking that's the way a good promoter will work, I guess. You know, I mean, yeah. Despite the fact from his constant lies and everything else, I mean, like he's not he's not that bad of a lie, but he's just he just obviously he'll say things that'll just you know hype fights, but they might not necessarily be true, or they might not be said in the best way possible. You know. Yeah. Did you hear what Leon came out the other day and said about Chimaev? What did, he, did he say? About, was he talking about the fast knockout as well? Because Leon has a seven-second knockout on his record, bro. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's talking about Chimaev and Chimaev coming up and how no one wants to fight him and blah, blah. And he was kind of ducking him for a while, didn't want the fight. But now that he's got the fight, he's sort of come out and said, well, you know, I'm going to beat this guy. You know, I'm going to yeah. show you he's all wrong. And he's, I forget what he said exactly, but he had a very valid point. He goes, yeah, the guys, the guys had three um, spectacular finishes in the space of three months. He's looking, blah, you know, sharp, blah, blah. But he's like, look at my record. I finished more guys. I finished top guys. I've done the exact same thing. What makes this guy different? And I guess in the, the way UFC, it, it, it's happened before with stars that they push them too quick. Mm. Like look what happened to look what happened to Johnny Walker. Johnny yeah. Walker was having these spectacular finishes. He got pushed too quick. Put him up against Corey Anderson, and it all you know, if he had beat Corey Anderson, he was probably he was ninety nine percent probably going to get the next title shot against John Jones. He was yeah. going to get pushed right into that. But, you know, it was an upset. And the same thing could happen with Chimaev. And so he's smarter. Uh, he's cleverly putting doubt in people's minds now, which could even be getting into sort of Chimaev's head a bit. But he's going, yeah. you know, well, well... He's got to mentally defeat Chimaev in some ways. Yeah. And he needs and to that's, also... He's, convinced, he's convincing himself of all this, but he's, he's not wrong. Well, let alone let alone whether he's outwardly speaking about it, I feel like every fighter has to some, you know, like I've. He was he wasn't putting Chabayev down or trash talking or anything like that. He was just saying it how it is. Every but every fighter as well has to find a way whether they're speaking outwardly in promotion about it to mentally think I can beat this guy, and they need to mentally convince themselves in some way. And if he <laughs> wants to do that, then he's actually got a lot of content to do that. Like he actually. He, it actually makes sense, like what he's saying, and yeah, I think the fun, the funny thing is, is Ariel Hawani actually made a comparison about this on his show, um, and Ariel Hawani said, "Wouldn't it be like the biggest fuck you with this year's this whole year's pretty much been like a jinx? This whole year has been like fuck, like you know, people pulling out, people here, people everywhere, you know, like uh, Dana having to move the thing to fucking Abu Dhabi, like for like." four or five times in the year, stuff like that. Chimaev shows up where the virus shows up. Exactly. Leon beats, Leon beats Chimaev and the virus goes. <laughs> the thing, that's what I'm saying. And the funny thing about that is, is that Leon, if, if one person has come out, if one positive's happened for the UFC in 2020, it's that Chimaev has arrived on the scene, right? Yeah. But if you want to have a jinx, like a one last fuck you from 2020 to everyone in the world, the last fight on the UFC calendar is Leon Edwards versus Chimaev. If UFC ends with, Chimaev, with Leon Edwards getting his hand raised, like, yeah, it's just, it's fucked everything. It's fucked everything. Yeah. It's a big reset. <laughs> it's a big reset. Because then you're going to have to build back Chimaev up and everything else. And, and then we go, we go into 2021 and go back go back to basics all right let's start bringing connor up let's fucking put connor against poirier again and fucking go back to five years ago <laughs> yeah i know it's fucking nuts it's crazy and it's just like uh, <laughs> i don't know i don't know it'd just be hilarious but that's i think that's like i think that's literally scheduled for what is the last card of the year so last card of the year last fight is what they're planning on so that's so funny that that actually could happen and then it's like bang you just fucking <laughs> We just fucking wasted a whole year of build-up and everything. Got rinsed. Now I've got no lightweight champion. <laughs> yeah. Never got to see Kimmy versus Tony. You know, all this shit happened. 
You know what I mean? Connor only fought once. You know, like it's just oh. yeah. yeah. And if and if Leon Edwards gets the rub, like Leon Edwards hasn't competed in what two what fucking two years? Has it been two years yeah. since he's not competed? Yeah, literally something like that. I think so. Yeah. But um, Hafael was his last fight, wasn't it? Let me check that. No. I can't no. even. I can't even remember what his last fight was. No, I don't think saying. it was Dos Anjos. No, it was. Wasn't it the fucking wasn't someone it else? It was. It was whatever. It was whatever fight. He, um, he got the three piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the London card. That was um. Oh no, no, no. Okay, he fought July twenty last year. No, that was Gunnar Nelson. So he fought one more time after that. Uh, I, was, I was about to say Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, Gunner so Nelson, it was Dos Anjos was his last fight. Dos Anjos his last fight, and that was um, just I mean July last year. So it's been over a year since he's fought, and he's been out mm. of the rankings completely. So for him to just come in and dominate the <laughs> domination might it just be a big fuck you to the whole thing. But um, we do have, and it can it could happen. Yeah, it could happen easily. We just don't know what's going on. We don't know mm. what. But yeah, um, apart from that, we have uh, like you know another card getting closer to the end of the year, but not the last card of the year. It's the UFC this weekend, UFC two five five. We're doing a breakdown. Um, we're gonna get into it. Uh, it's a very it's interesting in terms of the news that's come out of this card, but it's actually kind of a bummer of a card to watch because for a pay per view, it doesn't feel that. Are strong. we? Yeah. I like the card this weekend. Are we? Are we? Are we doing our little segment with our fucking case bets and Peter's <laughs> bulkies? Yeah, we'll do. Look, I want to get look before before we announce any of the fights going on or our predictions, official predictions, everything. Um, better the week. Give me your better the week. What's... All right, fanboys, we're introducing a brand new segment here. We're even going to do a super cup for this one. This is Pete's bet of the week, 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 week. Maybe a multi. Maybe I need a I need a stack of fifties in my hand. <laughs> yeah, I'll try and get that arranged. All right, I'll speak to my editor. <laughs> hey, bro, can you do this? Oh yeah, man, no worries. All right, sweet, let's do it. All right, Cut. what is your bet of the week here? So my multi. We good? Uh, we good? I thought it cut out for a second. No, no, All right, so I've got, so I've got, and I can't, I can't go out of this just to double check it, but I've got Paul Craig on points. I got a four legger, four legger for everyone. Paul Craig on points. Mike Perry on points. Figueredo KO round one. Shevchenko KO round two. It was paying last I checked two hundred eighty five dollars. Power play it to three hundred and thirty dollars, ten dollars, <laughs> three grand. <laughs> I tell you what, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Based on like what the predictions. Yeah, only one I'm. I, only one I'm worried about. I think is Mike Perry. Could either get a KO or he could lose. I, I don't. Think lose. I like Tim Means is pretty good. I don't think he's on Mike Perry's level. But Mike Perry's sort of slowed down with with. 
you know, the heavy hands. He's kind of, his last few fights, he's going the distance. So I see it being well, I mean, points. He took, he took Gal to the distance, you know what I mean? So if he took Gal to the yeah. distance, he's probably taking Tim Means to the distance. Yeah, and he's I mean, paying $5 on points. Yeah. Well, look, Good here bet. We go. let's fucking, I definitely see that happening. And I definitely, you know, I, I actually sort of, I lean towards a KO, but I think it's definitely possible that he'll actually get it on He'll get it on points just based on his last mm-hmm. performances. He seemed like he was, I don't know, like fighting to distance and he wasn't having a problem. And those three rounders, they're a lot shorter than you expect. You know what I mean? A lot shorter. Yeah, 100%. So, we'll see. Um, that's a good one, brother. Thank you for your pick of the week. Now, here's my pick of the week. This is what I'm going to do. This is the safe bet. So... Davidson Figueredo in the main event is fucking paying. He's paying not dollar thirty, but not enough for a sub. People mm. forget that he's sub Benavides. People forget that he's got amazing stuff. And if it ends up on the ground, it's gonna. It could definitely be a sub. So for submission round one, which is probably one of the more likely ones, that's ten dollars. That's the way. Ooh, is it? It's a ten extra money. Figure mission round two is $21. Mission round three, $34. So back every single method of victory market. <laughs> Here we go. There's no Here way you go. can't do this. And if you don't, and if you're worried about that, then back submission on the head at 550, which is very good. Um, apart from that, um, you know, the chance that it might go the distance and Figueroa might have a quiet one. Are you packing the nobbies there, are you? What's going on? <laughs> the nobbies. I think poor, poor Perry Perry is going to get fucking knocked. I don't think he's no. going to get subbed, but... No, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but for that fight to go the distance with Figueroa and um, Perez, I think that that's paying like $5 or something. So, like... That's some money there per se. He doesn't end up, you know, having as clear of a fight as you'd think, or it might be a bit of a slower turnout for him. And Alex Perez might be able to keep it, keep it distant. But we'll have to see what happens, man. Um, look, at the end of the day, I'll leave those for my bets. I'm just going to be confident with the submissions. It's not something that can potentially always happen, but. You know, for him, it's definitely possible. He got JoJo in the rear naked choke. So I don't know what these bookies are really doing. Generally, he likes to... With flyweights, it takes a little bit to get him out of there. So if you were to get to knock him... If you were to knock, if you were to knock one down, it's going to take a bit. And for him to get him out with a choke, that makes sense for me, in my mind. But look, I'm not... I I'm agree. Not, I'm not Las Vegas. I would never right? put so a KO... I would never put a KO really for Figueredo based off his last fights and stuff. I agree, but seeing what he did to Benavidez two fights in a row in one round just sort of changed it for me. You know, like you don't you don't really edge those bets with with you know flyweights because it like yeah. like you said it does take a while to get him out of there. But Figueredo's looking good and. You fucking destroy the top contender twice in one round in Benavides and you know Perez. I think Benavides is the better fighter than Perez. You know, Definitely. so I just see it going that sort of way. Well, let's just. Fucking... Yeah, but it could, it, it could be an all-round war and go to decision, and you know, fuck me up on the last leg, which often happens. <laughs> Dude, we've literally we've gone we've gone out of this. I've come so segment. close to winning. Yeah, 
you know, we've gone out of this betting segment and then we haven't segued enough. So now we're literally just breaking down the main event, which is fine. So we'll do the card from fucking front to back, like the unorganized pricks we are. So uh, <laughs> I think, I think um, Figueredo is going to get it done. And I think it is going to be submission. Uh, I'd, if, I, if I was to say anything, I think it would be in one, but it could go a bit later. It could go to two or three or, or anything else. Um, what's your final pick on that? Yeah, look, I think it's a round one KO, but either way, I see him definitely winning that fight. I don't really see a way of him losing that fight. So, yeah, even if you if you he's not paying enough to put money on the head, really, in my opinion. But if you're one of those boys with a lot of money and you want to just put a big amount of money with a small return, you're pretty safe just putting it on the head. Yeah, but no, but for me, anyone that's paying a dollar thirty, like you, really got to put you know, $500 to win something significant. Yeah, and if you're broke like me, then you got to really fucking, you know, go... Yeah, none of us, I don't have $500. Yeah, I don't have $500 (laughs) laying around. That's why we get a little bit fancy with our betting. If you're a big punter, you're not listening to this show anyway, probably. (laughs) You're dregs like us, you're fanboys, that's what you are, you know. Just go with my multi. Yeah, um... So, obviously, that's going down. But before I even break anything else down, just try and sum it into words how disappointed you are that it's not Cody Garbrandt stepping in the octagon this weekend. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. It's disgusting, man. It makes me so The upset. card... It's a good card if you're a true fight fan, but the card lost so much stock once that fight sort of went that way. Yeah, you know even, what I mean. Even people like true everyone loves. They want to see fucking Cody Garbrandt fight David Davis and Figueredo. It's like the two bad boys of the fucking mm-hmm. UFC fighting, fighting it out. And it's either just... one of them can, either one of them can win that fight. If world champion Cody shows up, he he knocks out, he knocks out Figueredo with ease, with power. You know, um, if brawler Cody rocks up, he's getting slaughtered. <laughs> You know, but either way, it's so, fun to watch. You know what I mean? Either, either, either way, that that fight ain't going the distance. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, I just think this whole card in itself has sort of been, you know, the problem with a lot of these um, with Figueroa, he's sort of building himself as someone who's almost at the point of cleaning out the division, which is not really a strong division anyway to begin with, but he's still cleaning it out. And at the end of the day the way I look at it is when you have that, a fight like that, which isn't close. And then you have a fight like Shevchenko, who's Shevchenko and Maya, who's Shevchenko's cleaned out the division as well. How much mm-hmm. reason do you have to buy? It's like, I don't really have any reason to, to watch the fights overall to tune in for the fact of seeing who wins. You know what I mean? Sure. I get to see, you know, these, yeah, you know, the outcome, right? If either one of those fighters loses, Shevchenko or Figueredo, I'll be very fucking surprised. You know I'll what I mean? I'll be very fucking surprised. And we'll have and a fucking lot to talk about next week. And not, <laughs> only, not only that, the, fucking, the thing is, is like, yeah, we'll have our footnote mouths next week. You fucking Jennifer Meyer ends up sleeping Shevchenko or some stupid shit like that. Fucking Alex Perez wins out of nowhere. You know what I mean? You, you there? Yeah, I'm there. Sorry, did that not work? 
yeah, but if, if any champion actually loses their title in this one, it's going to be very, very confusing. So um, in, in this situation, I think I look at, I look at the way this is set up where it's like they've got two, you've got two almost, almost guaranteed outcomes, like a very run of the mill card um, with two people that aren't really typically known for selling big fights. And it's a pay-per-view as well. Uh, it's mm-hmm. quite, it's, it's not really good news for the UFC, but not only that come, come like weigh-in day, You've got a, You've also got a bit of a serious, like a, a bit of an alarming issue too, because Figueredo is like known for missing weight, and Jennifer mm-hmm. Myers missed weight as well. So, mm-hmm. what's going to happen when they fucking like if one of them misses weight, it just adds more uncertainty to the card, and more just you know, just just this fight, this fight card is not going to be what we look back on and go, this was great. You know what I mean? I love watching Shevchenko fight. I love watching the Bullet fight. Um, she is a huge favourite. Have you seen the odds? I just looked yeah. before. Uh, She's a, do- a dollar, a dollar and four cent favourite. Yeah. Meaning, if you wanted to win forty dollars, you'd need to put a thousand dollars on her. Yeah, it's brutal, man. Which is crazy, but. Oh, not that there's any doubt in my head that she's losing that fight. She's winning that fight, but there's something about her. I can get behind the bullet in every one of her fights just because she is that good. And yeah. I just love, yeah, watching her setups. Watching, I, I just, I, something about girls and, you know, you don't, I'm not, I'm not discrediting the women's division, but, you know, women are a little bit, you know, weaker. They, they, they tend to go to decisions more, but the bullet has so much power. And to watch girls harness that and fucking display it is just... It's amazing, it's yeah. It's just hot. She's, it's just hot. She, I don't know, it's hot. It's just, she's always been my favourite fighter for a long time. And I even think in the Nunes fights, I've actually thought, you know, there's definitely two decisions. That's the fight that we all need to see is them two fighting for a third time. Yeah, and Dana's like, oh, Nunes has already been twice. She's like, well, not really, man. It's the closest thing you've ever seen. And we still need to see it and prove it. And I don't That's the problem is Amanda's won both, but you know, the last one was a sort of kind of like a controversial decision. But the fact that it's hard to have a trilogy when one party's won two fights, but realistically in the female division, there's two dominant champions. They're the only ones that are separated them. So like there's a big gap between yeah. them and the rest. Yeah. It's the only fight that you can really make. That's, that's going to sell. That's interesting. Because there is such a huge gap between them and the rest. Unless something like Whaley Zhang or Thug yeah. Rose can make it up to that sort of bantamweight division and give them a good fight, there's nothing else apart from Nunes and yeah. Shevchenko. And to be honest, I'd much rather watch that than a slaughter, a slaughtering massacre of someone. Do you know what I mean? The Jenna, of a Jennifer Meyer, yeah. Of a Jennifer Meyer. So to me... You know, that's just that's just the way I view it. But um, Mike Perry versus the Dirty Bird. Um, this is one of those fucking fights that actually this is okay. It's probably the most exciting fight on the card. 
That, I was just about. I was just. I was just about to say that before. I was going to say, Alex, what, what fight are you most excited about? Because I knew you'd have the same answer as mine, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. funny. It's just. It's just fucking Black Perry is exciting, which kind of, fight. kind of upsets me because there's so much you could do with Mike Perry. There's so yeah. much you could do that's just exciting and bigger. Like I know he's not a ranked contender, but you can. He's at that status where you can pretty much put him against anyone in the UFC. You could put him against Darren Till. You could put him against Hafael. You could put him against all these big names. It's 100%. it's Mike Perry that they put him against Dirty Bird, which I mean is exciting. Well, but, I think people are still questioning his skills after the comeback. Yeah, and that's all it is. And, I, think, I think they want to build him up slowly and have him winning because they know he's an asset. Yeah, but um, we just have to see where it all goes with that. Like, as at the end of the day, like, you know, Mike Perry can be good but for, for, you know, how long does he keep getting here? Because he's, he's the guy who's already hit the fame and he's already, in a way, you know, had a downside to his career. So to me, it's like, you know, is it all up for here or is it just he fights all the time and just has wins and losses and everything else like a cowboy? Um, comes like, yeah. But again, like, yeah, it just, it just depends on where they want to where he views himself and his career as well and how he is as a person. And I think a lot of the times when you look at Mike Perry, there's an uncertainty there of like, oh, is he going to win the next fight? Or does, or does he give enough of a fuck to win? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, it just seems like... Yeah. that, And that's another question about it. When you see those top-level contenders and you see Mike Perry fight, it's like, I mean, at least you're tuning in for like a real decent fight there. You know, it's like it's an, it's not an underdog story, but it's more of a it's more of a, it's more compelling to me in my mind, just because of everything. Because if it gets close to Darren Till, that's just that's all I want. That's all I want. That's why. That's why I'm spending. That's why I'm spending my fifty dollars on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. spending my fifty dollars to watch Mike Perry's walkout, to watch <laughs> Mike Perry's post post fight post fight shenanigan speech about <laughs> about the fucking getting robbed by the tax man oh and I'm God. watching and I'm paying $50 to watch Jennifer Maya get butchered. <laughs> oh, man. Man. You know, it's, but that's it, about it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things is sort of, it's part of the job. We have to break it down, but it's just sort of one of those cards. Just He is so funny, Mike Perry. He's so funny unintentionally as well. He's just yeah, so no, good. I love him. Perfect. It's so like funny. Tax speech and everything. I hope he's doing better. I hope he's doing better financially, whatever he's doing. I mean, I'm sure he's. He's like, man, they can't give you all this money and expect you not to spend it. <laughs> everyone, no matter no matter how like unthought out and how genuine it was, everyone feels that way a little bit. It's, you know what I mean? it's so real. It's so yeah. real. Imagine if, imagine if someone just fucking put 50 grand in your bank account tomorrow. I know, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what happens. I guess with, that's how fighters get paid, you know? They get paid in these big lump sums. It's up to them to manage their own cash flow. Yeah. To, you know, pay their coaches and their bills accordingly. Yeah, they're, <laughs> like they're... Gary's just, just got this funny, funny child mindset to the whole thing, but it's so realistic. Realistically, they're they're not fight, fighters as an industry. You would probably assume them to be like one of the least, you know, people who are 
like the least financially minded people. You know, what I mean, they're mm. more focused on actually, you know, KOing someone. So for that, they, mm-hmm. they they they're the ones that are in desperate need of accountants. You know what I mean? Like these people, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, fucking need that shit because they're not only employees, they're contractors. They're, they're not employees, they're contractors. So at the end of the day. Like, you know, these guys actually have to put a lot more work into fucking managing their own finances. I reckon the UFC I know the should UFC, provide the US, accountants. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I know the UFC does a lot of the right things, you know, especially with doctors and healthcare and all that sort of stuff. Um, they, they, I know that they do, like I heard off Chael that they do like a yearly conference where all, you know, however many fighters are on the roster are invited to the year conference and they go through, you know, crazy rule breakdowns and, you know, what's illegal, what's right, what's wrong. But I don't think they're offered any sort of, you know, um, financial kind of lesson or accounting or, yeah. you, you know, any sort of tips to, you, you know, manage themselves to make it a career in that, in that regard. I think they're kind of just paid. Then, you know, they get these bonuses that they, they didn't think that they were going to earn and, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, with, with, with lump sums of that, we all, we all know what it's like when you, when you earn a huge paycheck, the whole thing gets taxed, you know. I know. It's like with these things as well and everything, else, everything in mind, like the UFC does enough for their own accountability, but there's a few questionable things like in my mind in terms of like fighter pay especially where I look at it and I go, that's some of it's just not right. Like it just, you know, in my mind, I'm just like, man, this could a lot, a lot better could be happening out of this sort of program. And I think that's why people have been fighting for like the unionization for fighters for a long time. But I mean, it yeah. just depends on how that works. And then again, who's in charge of the union and then what happens there? Because I guess exactly what happened here. Like if you're, you know, our, our view, our viewer base is Australian anyway, and they know sort of how the unions sort of work in the political scheme, and they sort of haven't worked out any better than not having a union here, at least. <laughs> yeah. Sort of fucking discredited the whole Labor Party, and you have all the working class fucking voting Liberal now. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just depends. A hundred percent. And the people that are calling for a fighters' union are fucking fighters. Uh, they're very good at managing things done. There should be someone like, you know, Ali or uh, Ali Abdulaziz or someone else who's calling for a fire union. Someone in management who knows what they're talking about. You know what I mean? Talking about, yeah. Someone yeah. who can take control, yeah. Leave the KOs to the right. fighters. You know what I mean? Leave the yeah. flashy knockouts. Leave all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, fucking, it's a long-form conversation. It'd be good to have a podcast. Just, it'd be good to have a podcast one day just talking about this stuff. Because there's a yeah. lot of points that... Um, I reckon we should definitely should. I, I, I would need to do a little bit. Of, I, I, I don't know a terrible lot about it, but I just assume that they're, they're not offered that support, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. And they sort of have to learn either themselves or the hard way, you know? I mean, the top fighters, the top fighters, they get paid a lot. Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, like, Mike Perry's going to get three times the paycheck that Dirty Bird will. Yeah, of course. But... You know? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I just think that there's, there's, I think everyone should get a little bit of a pay-per-view point if they're on the main card, at least, you know? Mm, 100%. Like players in the NFL or like any major sports league in America, they get a 
some of them get cups of the popcorn fucking sold at stands. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just a, it's a different ball game when you're yeah. at UFC. So um. And look, like like we're just saying, you know, half the reason why we're tuning in and paying the money is because of that specific person. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And there's which is fucking Mike Perry. <laughs> There's people like um, there's people like uh, Kung Lee, you know, Kung Lee, ex fighter. Uh, he had a few big fights, he's a bit of UFC talent, and he's taking UFC to court for a um, a, a t- taking advantage of a monopoly in the industry. Yeah, right. Uh, and there's a lot of a lot more coming out like this that are doing that. And it's a very interesting topic. I mean, before, like, um, we'll leave, leave that for another podcast, but there's fucking definitely a lot of things you can say in terms of that. Getting yeah, it's board. interesting. But, um, yeah. Look forward to that one. Uh, what else do we have to really talk about? We've got that. I mean, we've got Joaquin Buckley's fighting. Oh, yeah. Buckley. Um, that'll be interesting. I mean, On this card, yeah. I don't think we'll see another flashy KO or anything, but uh, yeah. you never know. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I want to see. I want to see how much that pulled him up in the odds. To be honest, what is it? Fucking yeah, dollar yeah, thirty-five to three twelve. Yeah, wow. So yeah, that that fucking knockout paid dividends for him at least. I guess. Is he is he kicking off the main? Um. No, he's made in prelims, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, he's second main on the, second on the prelims. One, two, three, four, five. No, nah, so he's Brandon Marino and Brandon Roy Barr, which is a fucking good fight. Is yeah, fight. that it's kicks good. off the main card. Yeah, no, that's the prelim main event. So, all oh, right. Paul Craig and Shogun are kicking off the main card. I kick it off, okay. Yeah. But, bro, fuck's sake, like, if I look at it this way... Like, Roy Val's coming off that fucking crazy yeah. submission on Kai Kara France. Murdered Kai Kara France. Dude, I was listening to, I think it was a podcast today, and I think it was DC, DC and Hawani's podcast, and they were talking about it, and they were like... And DC's like, yeah, he so he, he came off that crazy submission of that of that British fellow. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, fuck you, British British fellow. He's British fellow. Jesus and then, Christ. And then um and then Hawani fucking corrected him and he's like, he's like, no no, no he's an Australian fellow. And I'm like, he's a fucking New Zealander, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's just he's like, yeah. What's going on? And you can you can hear when he talks, like just his yeah, just his New Zealand yeah, accent. Just... I mean, to us to us Aussies, you pick that straight away. But I guess to them, you know, it's all it's all the same shit. You know, you hear you hear Chael talk about Izzy, and he's like, you know, home ground. Like, Chael at least has a lot more knowledge, but he's like, you know, he's a new he's a you know new African New Zealander, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, but he's like, you know, he fought, he fought Whitaker, and he's, you know, in his home soil, which it, it is home soil. Yeah, yeah. But they are two different countries. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's like fucking like the other day. Like I think it, 
Michael Bisping was trying to do like an Adesanya accent, and he was like, he's like, I don't, I don't know how to do a Kiwi accent, and I'm trying to tell him that it's not really a Kiwi accent. Like whatever style band has got going on, it's like an African Kiwi accent. It's like a whole different thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. And see, like, we can notice that. I just don't think they do, you know? Yeah, no, no one. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting the way people view the other side of the world because our world's, our side of the world's confusing, man. Like people are looking at this fucking like, how the fuck do you pick a New Zealand accent? You know what I mean? People don't even know where the fuck that came from. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know what I mean? Fucking hell. All anyway, I know is we're producing some good stars. We are producing some great stars. And there's people like people like Jimmy Crute. I think Jimmy Crute, he got number one on this. It was a famous MMA magazine's list of yeah, youngest. Yeah, yeah, under 25. I saw yeah, that. Under yeah. Number one, which is good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Is that, is that, I think it got written around the time that he fucking knocked it out. So it was perfect as well because he fucking... Right. I remember reading that and thinking of a lot of fighters that weren't on there. Yeah, I know. Like uh, um, O'Malley. Was O'Malley on there? No, O'Malley O'Malley was on there. But I have a feeling... Hello? Yeah, yeah. You there? Yeah, it's going blotchy. No, you're right, bro. Yeah. What are you saying? Oh. I was just saying. I remember, I remember reading reading that and thinking of a lot of fighters that I thought were under twenty five that weren't on there. But like you know, Sugar Sean and you know a few others. But I think Sugar Sean might be over twenty five now. I think the way they look at it as well is that, like, in terms of um, just like the way just the like wins and losses and everything. Like Jimmy Cruz, I guess, proved himself a bit more in the UFC. They reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent, yeah. You got you got a lot of young kids. Like you had that, you know, that nineteen-year-old Chase Hooper. Yeah. But he's still he's still so new to the UFC, and they put him against Caseries, and you know that was probably a little bit of a too too much of a rush forward. He, I can see why he wouldn't be in that list. You know, Jimmy Crude has been doing it for a while, and he's he's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. He's not going to be an in and out star. <clears throat> he's going to stay there for a while and give guys problems and he's still so young. Yeah, he's proved himself, man. All right, yeah. well, let's wrap it on this fucking fight day fanboy. Bit of a interesting one, but, you know, it's sort of got a bit monotone because we don't, I don't know, this card is, it's not going to be hard to watch, but it's just... It's, no, it's a good card. We're all going to make three exciting. grand. We're all going to make three grand. So I'm fucking going to list that bet there in the description. Uh, if you want to follow it, you can follow it. And if you want to send this man a generous tip afterwards, maybe me as well if you want. There's some cuts put my, into... Uh, put my account details on there. I'll put your account details on there as well. All right, it's been After, on, on Sunday. Huh, on Sunday? I'm so old on, on Sunday. I'll fucking pick up the Instagram post and everything else. We fight there. Thank you for tuning into a very late one. We always enjoy your company. Uh, lovely talking to you, Peter Walsh, the Brisbane bad guy. There he is. Thank you guys so much. Like, subscribe. Tell your mother, tell your friends, tell your cousins, tell your second cousins, tell your blood relatives, tell the people down at the blood bank where you donate blood, uh, tell the people where you get the COVID test from, the nurses, registered nurses, tell your GPs, tell everyone. All right, I love you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.